Welcome, 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 friends, to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I am your host, Gan Nicole, and I'm also the founder of SheVenturesNow.com, where I encourage millennial women to make quantum leaps in personal change. I've got a spectacular episode for you. Yes, you. And I'm a little stoked because this person is very near and dear to my heart. And her birthday is coming up. It's actually in a couple of hours. Um, And I'm just super grateful to God that she was created and she was born and she was put on this earth. And my life, her life and my life have crossed paths. I've known her since high school. Um, and we shared a lot of the same friends. We shared a lot of the same classes and we became closer over the years. We went into college at university of Florida. And from there we, we totally had just like a kinship and I'm just super grateful to God for her because she's probably one of the most fiercest creative people I know, um, in my sample of friends. And she's also one of the most disciplined, compassionate deferential, feminine, sophisticated, humble, modest, deeply enriching friends I've ever had. Um, And the fact that she chooses to continue to be my friend is, um, is an example of the grace of God, okay? Let me just say that. It's an example of the grace of God. When you have friends like this, you just don't need new friends. But let me go ahead and explain to you how epic she is, right? Her name is Robin Ann Young. <laughs> Almost missed, messed up her last name for a second. Her name is Robin Ann Young, and she has written a book called Women Who Finish, and I've been slowly reading through it, trying to finish things and consuming less content. But uh, it's funny, she wrote this book um, earlier on this year. It is a devotional to set your life on purpose permanently. And there's a quote in there that I want to share before I let you listen in on the interview that I'm about to share with you where she talks about her business startup journey and her career transitions. Um, The quote is from sort of the last chapter of the book. And the chapter of the book is called I Run With Vision. It's on page 247 of her book, Women Who Finish. And I can't tell you how much every time I read something of Robin's, it's bone chilling. It's it threatens my laziness. Um, It pink slips fear out of me and it just causes me to really wake up. And so I'm sharing it with you before I... I start the interview because I want you to know who this who this woman is, right? It is in chapter, in the last chapter, second to last chapter, I run with vision. It starts off with this proverb, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Contrary to popular belief, sister, seeing is not believing when you're in relationship with God. Instead, what you believe is what you will eventually see. Mm. So if you can see it coming up in your mind frequently, you need to write it down. Then as this vision becomes clearer, you'll find yourself restraining from distracting activities to pursue what you now believe is possible. Put simply, and I want you to perk up and listen to this. Put simply, you have to see it before you see it. Some of you are like, oh, that's so, that's so, uh, that's so trite. That's so overused. And some of you still not living it out, right? Like this is so palpable and it's so true. Um, because if there's anything you want to finish in life, and it's the title of her book, Women Who Finish, you really have to consider what does it mean and what is the role of vision in your life? If there's anything that I've noticed, um, 
after studying grad school, after studying business, after studying entrepreneurs, it's that if you want to do anything different, new, commendable, noteworthy in your life, you have to see it. You have to harness your vision closely. And you almost have to, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit of, um, you have to like go Olympic. You have to believe that you're striving for your gold medal and that it is yours even before you have it. And I just appreciate Robin so much because she lives with so much vision and passion and purpose and she doesn't make any excuses. She just doesn't, you know, she'll just, you know, show up one day and tell you, yeah, she started a business. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, With that said, I know that was a pretty long intro. I don't typically do such long intros, but she's a special person. I would like to go ahead and allow you to listen in on the business startup journey of Robin Ann Young, founder of Uncaged um, and blogger at RobinAnn.com. So here we go. Thank you so much, Robin. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks again for making the time. I know we're like besties, but I know it takes a lot of time for you to, it doesn't take a lot of time, but I know that you're busy. We're both busy. And so carving out time, I just want to say I'm grateful for you making the time to do this interview. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. I love the She Ventures brand, everything it represents. So this is no sacrifice at all. Thank you. So what I want to do is just introduce you so those who don't know you can understand why it's significant to interview you about business startup, career change, and even talking about singleness and what it means to be a secure single woman, even though you're married, all right? I was a maid of honor at your wedding. I think you have something definitely to say and speak to a lot of millennial single women. With that said, I want to introduce you. Robin Ann is an author, speaker, women's coach, and founder of Uncaged, an online brand empowering Christian women to live forgiven, fearless, and free. So Robin, go ahead and speak to that. Like, can you fill in the details about how you came to own, like to start a brand and to start your blog and all of the business that you've, you've, the business materials that you've produced in the last year? Yes. Um, so on cage was birthed, um, kind of unexpectedly actually, uh, I'll probably touch on this later, but previously 2010, I had started this magazine brand, ran it, you know, got a bit drained, ended it, and thought I was just in a season of, I need to learn a bit more about um, just business, and also diving into the Lord in terms of how do we kind of practically live out some of our passions in sustainable ways. So wrestling with the Lord in this, I was learning so much. I was learning a lot and just had this passion rise up in me where I realized a lot of what I thought were business issues were really just kind of inner mindset issues. And as I was growing and learning and developing a lot of proper habits and tackling a lot of issues, just confidence and what is my purpose or what, you know, what am I actually passionate about outside of the gospel um, message, you know, itself plainly different things like that. As I was delving into some of those topics and the Lord was helping me see a bit more of myself in a confident light, in a bold light, that as a Christian woman, I should be the one that knows what I bring to the room. I should be the one that knows I'm the asset in the room. As I was just doing that and going through that process, I just had a passion to share this with other Christian women because I felt like it's a it's a topic and an area that a lot of times isn't really tackled in the church yeah. um, directly. And so many of us, so many of my Christian female friends were struggling in the same boat. I mean, we love the Lord. We were passionate about certain things, but we definitely didn't carry it confidently or we didn't know how to execute those passions practically in the marketplace, in the world. And that's how Uncaged birthed. I thought it would just be a simple blog, really, is how I started just blogging some of these insights. I was learning some of the strategies to really identifying and dominating in your purpose and your passions and your purity. And it unfolded into more than just a blog to where now there are books, ebooks, digital courses, and a slew of, you know, material there that I've just been sharing with other young Christian women. Perfect. That's awesome. And how long did it take for you from the time that you had the idea? Because here's the thing, I really want to kind of unpack the layers. I mean, we know each other's story and I've kind of watched you develop and grow and you've watched me develop and grow. 
but if you could kind of reveal a little bit more about your entrepreneurship story, because you weren't always uncaged, right? I think a lot of people know you from another venture that you started some time ago. So what was that? Right. So yeah, that was an interesting um, dive. I previously, like I mentioned, from 2010 to about 2015, I had launched a magazine and it was called Salty Magazine, mm-hmm. kind of based on being the salt of the earth, practically. And wait, did you launch that in college or did you launch that after college? It was after college. It okay. was after college. Um, but I was still in the college setting. Okay. So I was I was mentoring and discipling a lot of college-aged um, women and even men. And so being in that college setting here uh, in Gainesville, Florida, UF campus, the mix, you know, so many of the testimonies I was coming across... I was like, man, this needs to be documented somewhere. This needs to be on a yeah. platform to really drive, you know, other other Christian millennials to see that there is so much that we're called to do in the kingdom as salt of the earth. Like, we aren't just called to be salt within the church. Salt actually, you know, goes out to flavor all aspects of society, and we're needed in all aspects of society. So Salty Magazine was really to highlight that, how, you know, what are some of the skills and the talents that God had given us and that other Christian millennials were using to really change their community, change their niche, impact their culture, and, you know, really to get them and encourage other other young adults to, you know, go live in the culture, even though you're not out of it, go live in the culture and impact and be an influence. So that's how Salty Magazine came about. I mean, really not expected i was just around so many testimonies that i was like let's put them all in one place and then right. before knowing it it became this continuous thing that i incorporated it made it into a business brand okay so that was a story but even though the, a lot of the content was there a lot of the creativity was there that i i realized i'm naturally good at branding and packaging up things in these ways i had no business background whatsoever right because you and you so- went to school for what was your degree in? I went to school for psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a business minor, but sadly that business minor um, doesn't really teach you entrepreneurship, which is a completely mm. different beast. Ain't that something? I learned. It's just so interesting. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Completely different beast. So yeah, so that business minor, you know, really doesn't help you a lot in, in terms of, you know, practically having an online brand that is sustained and marketed in an online world. Right. And, you know, just a lot of those logistics. So I, you know, started that, but definitely floundered the whole way through. Cause I just assumed if you build it, they will come type thing. And realizing <laughs> business, that is not how it works. That is not how it works. Just because you built it does not mean, you know, people come, you need to market, you need to ask for the sales, serve all the above. So many things. Well, here's the thing though. Asking. Let me pause because I almost want to feel like, I almost feel like the, the story is a little bit skewed when you say that. I think they did come though, didn't they? Cause I feel like you got some really a lot of open doors towards your magazine, but where do you feel like you really floundered, right? Because I don't want you to, I don't know. I just really think that this Salty was a really great story to help share. So, yes, I think that's just a good thing about doing anything long enough. People are going to take notice. So definitely I would say year three, four, five. I mean, five is when definitely, I mean, I was... Yeah, in Chicago and California because of people who had known about me and wanted to promote the magazine there. Yeah. You know, Passion for Christ movement, we were in there. You had interns at one point, right? You had, in- you had interns at one point, right? Right. I was trying to utilize interns. Yeah. Yes. So they were interns. Yeah, that's true. Because it was a, a, a steady publication throughout those five years. Right. Um, just not bringing in income, but we kept it a steadily, you know, free income. I mean, free publication. So, yes, just from being around that long, we were definitely starting to um, create uh, traction. You know, people were starting to hear about us, know about us. I guess specifically where it floundered is when I would say um, not being practical in terms of to sustain anything, you need to have a strong financial plan. Yeah. And that's what was lacking. So, yeah, incredibly. And pause really quickly. Did you set out for it to be a for-profit business? I mean, obviously you had an LLC, but did you set out for it to be, you know, bringing in mm-hmm. bread or did you really think that it was supposed to be more of a not a non-profit, but you set it up as an LLC? 
No, I think it needed to be an LLC to really grow to the vision. Okay. Um, I feel like I had for it, but um, I did want to keep it free to the audience that I feel like it was targeting. Got it. I feel like they wouldn't value it enough to pay. Okay. So I was, you know running with that you know pretense of you know keeping it free for the masses and just with products or t-shirts maybe but the 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 marketing on that other end wasn't strong enough so now i've learned there's so many strategies for allowing yourself to build a brand that targets um people for for free subscription and then once you have those numbers you take that to advertisers and you take that to so many other businesses who want to tap into that market and that audience you've created Back then, I didn't know that. So, yeah, they were coming, and I wasn't capturing them in any way. I wasn't capturing those numbers, capturing those subscribers. I wasn't capturing them anyway. So it, it was definitely, a, a, a you know, one of those zeal without knowledge type of thing is where <laughs> I was very zealous, and a lot was accomplished in it. A lot of people loved the magazine, yeah. were impacted, but there, I realized there was definitely a lot of knowledge that was missing and that I'm glad I – knocked that out and failed and floundered in that early so going forward i really see some of the you know the the key components of having a successful business right that's awesome that's just um so let's fast forward now to uncage because that's the present business entity that you have that you're building the brand is out there if anybody wants to check you out they can go to robinann.com and see your story Mm -hmm. see your blog see your your products right Uh, yeah what phase of business so so I kind of have like, if there are, if there were phases of business, I would say phase one is like, um, maybe ideation. And I think we talked about this beforehand. Phase yeah. one would be startup. It'd be like year zero to year three. Phase two mm-hmm. would be maintenance and profitability. And then phase three would be expansion. What phase would you say okay. you're in? What phase would I say I'm in right now? Yeah. Yeah, Cage is definitely in the startup phase. We, even though I started the blog September of 2015, I definitely didn't take it seriously and decide to commit to it until um, September of 2016 last year. Yeah. So it's still even been less than a year of building something Mm -hmm. um, credible and pouring into it in an intentional way. Mm -hmm. So we're still in a startup phase. And what I mean by startup is still um, learning our audience, finding our audience and, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what is the best way to serve them. What are those pain points that they're having and how Uncage really fits in that to really serve them well? Because that's the only way to build a brand that lasts when you're, you know, you're really solving some problems out there and not just being pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually something I'm touching on in the, um, the online course, the online workshop that I'm building, um, it's helping people unpack anyone that has an inkling to be an enterprising person or to start a business, right. even while they're in college or even after, maybe they're working their full-time job is to help them with practical questions on how they can build a business. Cause I think a lot of times maybe you have a business idea, but it really serves you and it doesn't serve anyone else. And like you said, you kind of think, well, if I just make this concept and I put it out there, people are going to be attracted. But the thing is, it's the work is actually in serving people it's it's filling a gap it's solving a problem so i love that you said that so here's here's what i like to do um in this interview because we have you i feel like and this is the one of the reasons why i started my blog and brand called she ventures is i have a natural passion to hear stories and what i mean by that is a lot of times i think you know, in our age of a share economy of Facebook, Instagram, everyone's sharing stories or sharing snippets, but typically we know them as a highlight reel. We know them as, you know, very, 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 um, particularly curated story pieces. It's like the best moments. It's like the most attractive thing that you want people to know about you. But for me, I like documentaries and I like, um, movies that are based on true, true stories, right? True, True. Because they tell you the details that people leave out. It tells you the hardship. It's like when you watch Selma, one of the things you love about Selma is like, Martin Luther King had marital problems, you know, like this was not just about civil rights coming at the bravery of one man. It came at the cost of like his marriage and family, you know? And yeah. you don't know that growing up because every time people tell you about our heroes or tell you about um, people that we herald 
accomplishing great things is we just know the highlight reel. And so I right. would love to hear what I would call your best failure moments, right? <laughs> like it's, it's right. an oxymoron, but I say this because I know we, I know that we've kind of talked about like failing forward, failing fast and accepting yeah. failure, right? You know, as part of being an entrepreneur is accepting it. But at the end of the day, it's failure and it hurts and it's hard and it's sometimes hard to share. So I want to kind of have time for you to explore with us. Tell us a story of something that you failed at in business startup. And it could be within Uncage, it could be with Salty, whatever. But tell us your yeah. best failure moments. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think Salty has so many. So I'm going to naturally just go there because yeah, that's, like I said, where I felt. Um, man, there was, there was so much that I chose to stay naive. Not even that I was naive and I developed. I chose to stay naive because I thought it was relevant. So um, I guess specific moments, though. I mean, I financially, I would say it was the biggest um, failure. And um, even realizing that the way I was just blindly pouring money into you know this venture because oh you know it's a christian cause and a christian purpose behind it and it's to empower christian people and that even drove me personally into debt and realizing that even that debt that i went into was unnecessary and it was ungodly even because yeah. you know the bible never calls us to be foolish stewards it's always to be wise stewards and where we're we're reaping and I felt I purposefully chose to stay, you know, ignorant when it came to financial matters and leveling up in that way. And then looking at other brands and saying, well, God, if they're being successful, why aren't you, you know, making this brand successful? This is for you. <laughs> I feel like I mean to learn that God's like, look, the way I, you know, I don't just give people an arc. I give them instructions on how to build it. And so there are instructions that you are refusing to heed to. Like there were things I knew I needed to do to get certain financial things in order to really have a, a you know, sit down and set a, a sure financial plan. And I refused to do it. I just thought I don't like doing it. It's not necessary. And um, it led to the business financially. I mean, just deep diving, you know, into my, you know, my personal funds and, you know, bringing me into debt. So that definitely was just a big honest failure that I know a lot of people in the front didn't see. They just saw this nice magazine that I was putting out every time. But really, it was foolish and even sinful what I was doing to, to push it out um, consistently yeah. by choosing to ignore a lot of the instructions and the wisdom that I knew God was calling me to heed. Um, so that's the ugly part of Salty that I know a lot of people don't even know. It's like, you know, <laughs> I was, it was just an, uh, uh, an ignorant venture. Now... Are you going to go more specific? No, no. I would love for just that to free flow into anything else that kind of stands out that you're, you know, that you've navigated. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, that was the thing. And I, I'm realizing for a lot of um, some of my you know, peers, too, in the church, a lot of times we think that we think just because we have this vision on our heart or an idea um, to serve people that we don't need to learn the tools, the practical tools that are out there. Mm -hmm. even from secular, um, you know, people who have been successful, that we are called to learn from them, that the children of this world are in some things more shrewd than the children of light, like Jesus says in Luke. And we need to, whenever possible, we need to know when to learn from them. You know, Jesus said, I'm sending you out a sheep among wolves. You need to be wise as serpents. Yeah. Some of those scriptures, I think we completely just ignore, like being shrewd, being wise, mm -hmm. being very, um, savvy in whatever niche or gifting God has called us to, to not only be the best in it, excel in it, learn how to market it, learn how to get it to your audience and learn how to make it profitable and build wealth because God calls us to build wealth, not to just pour something out um, foolishly and drive ourselves into debt. That is yeah. not, uh, you know, the word borrower slave to the lender. Wow, so, this is so good. You know, so many verses on finances that, yeah, I, you know, I realized I was just completely ignoring that yeah. completely failed as a result. It wasn't because of God, it was because of me. I had to learn that. Yeah. Because of my, my ignorance. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It's hard. It's hard to share moments where we're at yeah. our lowest. Yeah. It's hard. And um, I think that a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing you say that because Salty was a great magazine. I mean, it, it really had, it packed a great punch brand wise <clears throat> and aesthetically. Yeah. And so, you know, you think about it, things are expensive and it's, it's part of the reason why I think a lot of people when they talk about starting a business, they talk about starting lean. 
and they they talk about being competitive by by limiting the amount of resources you pour in and testing and oh yeah you know and I'm so, it's something I'm having to navigate and think about a lot too um yeah and I know that you know, part of the, you know, my story about failing when I first started a coaching business was I just wasn't charging enough. And I didn't realize that, you know, in order for me to do something or to kind of segue myself professionally into my entrepreneurship endeavor, I had to learn the value of what I was offering and stop trying to minimize the value to get customers. Cause you're not going to get the right customers. If you're charging so little, it's a big deal. I mean, to the point where I had I had quit jobs to do that and I wasn't charging enough. I mean, it's just the epitome of foolishness and just stupidity. Yeah. You know, stupid is stupid. It doesn't matter if you know Jesus or not. You're, if it's stupid, it's stupid. Right. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting to hear you talk about your best failure moment. I think that's a really big deal. And I think finances are crucial for anybody who's in entrepreneurship and every, and anytime we don't take it that seriously, we take it as play money. I'm saying this to myself that's when you know you're you're, you're headed to failure because you've got to take your finances seriously so right yeah yeah um so let's just say I mean, go go ahead did you want to share something else no, no i just thought of the verse where jesus says if you can't be trusted with earthly riches why would anyone trust you with heavenly riches it's like if oh, something wow. here that right yeah. now you know impacts you right away you're you're not going to steward you know jesus is like why would i even give you something that's, that's more valuable way. than earthly money no, so yeah as you said that it just triggered that verse like yeah we really have to stop treating it like play money we know this is not our home but right now this is where we're called to influence and impact so we need to treat the, the, the funds and resources appropriately yeah no for sure so my next question is again in the mode of storytelling um there's a reason why i also asked you to interview because and i tried to prep you this way because i felt i felt like you helped um bear an example of a couple of the the pillars of she ventures now right so for the blog there are three ways in which um i'm venturing or i have ventured and and three ways in which i'm trying to encourage women to venture in their lives one is is lifestyle redesign right making crucial changes in your life where it puts you in a completely different sphere of achievement by by making those those personal lifestyle changes. Secondly is career change. And then thirdly, it's business startup. So we tackled the business startup already. What I would like for you to talk about is you resetting your career, right? Because I think what I feel as a friend, you've done um, pretty stealthily, right? Uh, Over the last five to six years is build a transition plan in you becoming this women's coach and speaker and author. And I know that that takes time. That takes real steady dedication Um, and you're still navigating it, but I want to kind of have you talk about some of the um, thought patterns you had in the past about being Mm -hmm. an employee and working in corporate America and the new thoughts that you're having now, the aha moments you've had to really change your career, change your trajectory, Right. right? So talk about that because for example, your LinkedIn profile says you're a software consultant and that's what you do. I mean, you make bread. Like we know everybody, hey, (laughs) Robin is an expert software consultant for security, online security systems for hospitals, right? Healthcare, healthcare companies, right? Right, right, right. For the ethics system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk about that with us. Yeah, that's definitely been a journey. Um, So college happened and you know at the end of college kind of going into that intense discipleship mode um all right god you know i you know answer the call i want to make disciples things like that and i felt the, the need to stay in gainesville well, that's what was pressing on me i stayed got on a job here at shan's basic desk job um so that you know i thought really just the excuse to really focus on discipling people which it is, but if you're going to spend 40 hours somewhere, God's definitely not haphazard about where he's going to position his disciples to spend 40 hours a day. I wasn't aware of that, though. I thought, yeah, I just have to have a job because I have to have a job to do discipleship. And as a result, I completely um, scored my job, even hated it, didn't give my best. I felt it was such an inconvenience. I mean, just the mindset towards it was definitely reflected 
um, not only my work, but also what I was getting back from it. So because I was so lackluster and um, apathetic about it, yeah, well, I definitely wasn't getting back anything, you know, to really excite me or ch- challenge me, level up, things like that. Yeah. And this was going on probably about three, four years at that job where... You know, I was just complaining, even in our, you know, weekly small groups. It's like, this is a job I'm complaining about, wishing I didn't have. (laughs) And, you know, in really sitting down, I started doing some intense prayer about it because I just felt so miserable, like so miserable to the point where, you know, I'm doing things online that I was like, they just need to come find me and tell me to leave. You know, I almost were trying to force myself to be, be, um. Wait, pause. Did you have Sunday night anxiety? Like, is, was that one of the symptoms that you had or did you? Oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny. I, mean, it was just, yeah. <laughs> I so just had another interview, and I, and I we talked about like what are some classic symptoms of being career frustrated, and it's like one of them is like when you go to Google and you're just typing in like what else? <laughs> what can you do? like tell us some of the symptoms that you had of being career frustrated? So for you, you were like always complaining about it, and. Always complaining about it. Always, I mean, spending so much time, you know, online doing my own thing. I mean, really, I would knock out whatever I need to do, and I wasn't taking initiative to do anything more. And so, I was spending a lot of time at the company, yeah, on on the internet, you know. Um, um, I was also, I mean, coming in late. You know, that's another sign. Like just continuously coming in late, just really not respecting that. I mean, not to the point where I guess it was detrimental I obviously worked there for a long time but still no respect for that time because of for me it was every morning anxiety it wasn't even just Sunday night anxiety. Like <laughs> oh gosh every morning anxiety like do I have to go oh god yeah and so yeah it was just getting bad almost leading to a form of depression and so I had to you know I started kind of really praying about it intensely mm-hmm. and really all I got from the Lord was look, you have to understand, I know everywhere that I position you. I know where you are. I know you're at that job. And if you really do believe that I'm the one who's sovereignly in control of your life, I'm not withholding anything good from you, then you're in this job for a season for a purpose, for good. Mm -hmm. And he challenged me to change my mindset and really start seeing it as, um, you know, somewhere that I was positioned for a purpose and I needed to start maximizing it because, you know, the longer I was just putting off um, you know, just, just learning how to be shrewd and steward even that job. Mm-hmm. I was putting off him being able to level me up to anything else because I was just yeah. showing you it was a basic this job. I wasn't appreciating it, wasn't optimizing it. So why would he level me up? And so, you know, I feel like just with some conversations like that, I said, you know, all right, God, you know, I don't want to be miserable. And so if I really, if it's really just me needing to shift my mindset because I'm, you know, I'm not, you're not changing that. Then I started, you know, praying in that direction. Lord, yeah. change my outlook on this job. Change my perspective. Help me to really see how I can really go in and maximize this. That I think is just something to pass the time right. until I can get off and go make cycles. And, you know, he really did. I. It's surprising when you look for ways to level up and excel in a field, how many opportunities there are, because not too many people do that, especially... Um, in some of these corporate America jobs, everybody's just getting by. So when you look for opportunities to really serve, take initiative, stand out, there are plenty. You know, it's like they say, go the extra mile. Because it's because, not, yeah. You know, just, it's not crowded. Right, it's not crowded. There's no one else there. So you really stand out. And as I started doing that, um, you know, this guy identified for simple things, things that I thought were very insignificant at the moment, but, you know, started being given a few more projects to lead. And because of that, I had to get certified when a new system came to the hospital I had to get certified in it also and some others got put on you know some projects to, to help that system roll out but it ended up giving me a lot more experience in that specific system that I did not know nationwide was about to be a big deal yeah because around that deal. time and I had worked for a healthcare company too we were about to I think legislations were uh were being passed to require electronic medical records so you were right. being certified in something that it was going to be required for every hospital. Exactly. I think at least in Florida. And I was clueless. So, yeah. Completely clueless. But yes, because that was going on. All I knew is because of me now, you know, leveling up, taking initiative, get, being given some projects on one of those systems, you know, like Ann said, hospitals being required to switch from paper charge to electronic medical charts. You know, um, 
my hospital was doing that. So I was given more responsibility since I was showing myself to be responsible yep. and gained a lot of experience and then started getting contacted from people nationwide hospitals that were in need of this experience that I now had because we were on the early end, you know, of the rollout. And, you know, I, you know, I just, it was something risky because when I said, I mean, salary, you know, was like crazy travel, all this stuff that even my, you know, my mom, even my mom's like sketch, like, no, no one would pay you that much, you know, just to do nothing <laughs> to your stuff. That's funny. And I have to really, I know I had to really pray and say, no, God, I felt like, you know, you told me, focus, level up, and if this is not a season to go to the next step, because also what God was teaching me is, again, that same concept of if you're going to spend 40 hours somewhere, be shrewd about the return on that investment Ooh, of 40 that's hours. Good. That's really and, good. Right. Don't waste that. Don't waste that. Be shrewd on that investment. That is a whole chunk of your time to not waste. So, you know, I started with what I could, but I said, God, if I could go somewhere else where the return on that investment would be even greater in terms of finances, somewhere that if you open the door, that means you're going to support me. I'm open. Let's do this. Let's do this career shift. Let's jump into this consulting world. Even though I didn't feel ready necessarily. I thought consulting is something 50 year old people do after they've had, you know, like right. Not years. at all. And no, I think that's, something. yeah, that's become a, a, a more right. generic term now where right. people are accepting it, you know? So... You were exactly. And mm -hmm. I thought, no, that couldn't be me. So it took a lot of faith. Um, but I definitely said, if you open the door, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk into it. And that allowed me to complete that, that mindset change led to so much, um, yeah. Opportunities. Up and, and, and yeah, for sure. Basically. Wait, yeah. say it again. No more opportunities. I was just, I was just chiming in for you. Um, so there was, I mean, definitely there was a change too, right? Right there where you became and you walked in more confidence with your, your job as a consultant. And right. then I think, and I think, I think honestly, one of the things I found in my life is to accept that it's okay to have multiple career shifts. Like I think there's something archaic in, in our world where we think, okay, I need a history. That's fine. It speaks to consistency, but you know, there's another career shift that I think you've made in the last three, four years where you've begun to own this desire to speak or this desire, um, to influence right. and to coach and to even be an expert, an expert in branding. Right. Cause I noticed that that's mm -hmm. been a passion of yours for a while. It's something that came out naturally within salty. So what, what, you know, what, kind of shifted because i mean here's what's hard is if you're being paid really well by uh, a corporation well, you're being paid really well as an employee what makes you shift to then say you know what it's not working or you know what i'm gonna go do this now and i'm not i don't even see a salary package yet but thing that I'm experiencing, there's there's feedback that I'm receiving from myself, from my prayer time, there's feedback that I'm receiving just in life that I know that I need to make this change. What was that? Right. A couple of different things combined. Um, the same concept of maximizing that huge chunk of time in the week that we get for work yeah. was still at play where um, it worked up to that point for the skills that I had that I felt like I, I could give that leveling up, you know, in this consulting, it was the best use of that 40 hours to level up and get a greater return on it. Um, but then a lot of, um, more recently, probably like the last yeah, three years, I felt like these other skills were also growing in me and developing. I kind of mentioned about really empowering Christian break out, break out a certain, you know, mindset habits and activities and habits, but those skills were really starting to build and also overflow almost in that same way of like, God, I, I feel like this burden to get this out and to share this um, is, is, I can't shake it. It's on me, but I know it's going to be very difficult. I wasn't able to do it while working so much in this consulting job. And so I realized I needed to switch the best use of that same, you know, that same work week hours. I needed to switch that the use of that time to really maximize it to something that I, I felt I was being, I was, I was being almost, I don't know what to call it. Empowered. Called? I was being called, called to. to? I, and so 
-hmm. And I felt I could really make an impact in that area. So because of that, yeah, I did, I did kind of, you know, start saying, well, you know, Lord, I really want to be able to transition into being an entrepreneur again, which again was scary because, you know, talk about salt, you know, I failed there, but, um, I started realizing anything that needs to be learned about business is out there on the internet and can be learned. That's one. In a book. So that, yeah, yeah, you need to learn, but it's, the, it's available. The knowledge is available. And that too, even when you learn a certain amount, no matter how much you learn, there's going to be a certain learning curve that you're just going to have to live through. Like there's just going to be some things that you're not going to know until you know, until you get into it and you fail. And so I felt like, God, I want to get to that failing point quicker. I wasn't afraid of failure anymore. I was like, cause it, it was failure. Now I just saw where, okay, I know what I need to work on. I know what I need to yeah. not ignore, yeah. you know, whereas before failure was like, okay, ignore it. Now I felt like, no, I'm comfortable with failure. That's showing me what I shouldn't ignore going forward. And I felt like I wanted to get into this realm of owning my own time, being more available to use the skills that I now recognize were some of my strengths in impacting women. And we being able to use that, that foreign work week again to, 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 to do that, to steward it, to, to be most effective where I felt I would be most effective, which would be impacting women. Okay. Did you, did you have one particular aha moment that kind of sealed the deal for you? Like, oh my gosh, like this has always been accessible to me to transition to. And now I need to do it. You know what I mean? Like for example, and, I, and I'll and i share this because I haven't, I haven't yet shared with my audience yet, my full complete story of retransitioning to doing my own thing. <laughs> but yeah. I think it was, it was really uncanny that we both decided around the same time, not the same week, but we both yeah. decided um, that we were going to leave our jobs. Uh, mine was really weird, but like, yeah. I just, I just decided to go. What was that? Like, just like describe that moment, right? Because I mean, I know we both know that we shared this kind of drudgery for the work we were doing. They were paying us well. Right. I felt really taken care of at my job. You felt like, and then, and at some point, I felt a little envious. You got a chance to work from home. Like I was like, my girl is working from home. I don't yeah. know what she's complaining about. Like this is so super easy for her. You know, this is me in the background. But I mean, what what got you to the point where it was like? I'm putting in my resignation letter now. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, I did. Um, that's true. Yeah, I was working from home, getting paid very well. Um, but that's when you know when when you're still in a, a comfortable, stable place and that's not enough. Um, you know, I realized um I still was I still was miserable. And I realized, okay, this is not just about money anymore, comfort. And so yeah, what really shifted again, I think in that season, is the two things I mentioned. I realized how much um, was out there to learn how to monetize in the season right now that I was in for such a time as this with, okay. you know, kind of digital. Yeah, okay. That's digital helpful. Products. Things like that, that you could really more easily reach people with a lot of the tools that are currently available. Yeah. If yeah. you're super savvy, um, just, just realizing, wow, that is available to realizing people are out here sharing their information. So for a fee to someone else, you get to skip all the mistakes they did and learn directly from them on how to set up some serious systems yeah. that work. That also um, was at play. And then three, again, that, 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 that not fearing failure where I was just like corporate America will be there if I need to go back to it. But as for now, um, with the information that I have with the, 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 the burden that's on me and with what I feel I can do and what I feel I'm most effective at right now, I was like, Lord, I'm just going to jump in and there's a learning curve. I wanted it to learn. That's I good. wanted to learn that's this good. area because this is what I, I just felt like my, my strengths weren't being used or utilized anymore with especially the job I was at it was kind of turned into a lot of busy work and again which if I needed to maximize it I could but I felt like this burden was building to like probably but you, there's skills you have that you can actually be using right now in other ways yeah. and monetize it in sustainable ways if you learn and I just wanted to dive in and learn I was like I want to dive in and learn and yeah. I'm okay with failure looking differently and yeah. just learning what I what I didn't know 
Yeah. So those are some of the mindset shifts that helped me make that transition a bit easier or, <laughs> or a bit quicker. That's good. That's good. I think, yeah. um, one of the things that I'm coming, coming upon, and I, I definitely, I didn't get a degree in psychology, so you would have to definitely affirm whether this is right oh, or wrong. And, I was really um, paying attention, but yes. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the, the common qualities I see in people who are making these career changes, especially if you're, if you're making a shift into entrepreneurship, not just a dramatic career change. Um, yeah. I tend to see, and I, and, and you're saying the word burden. I think I understand you cause we, cause I think Christians typically we sit, we use certain terms to mean a lot when we say those things, <laughs> but to unpack that for those who are listening, who may not be Christian or if they are, um, they may not be, uh, on that same journey yet. I think yeah. that, while anxiety can have a negative connotation, it can also be a huge, big indicator of when you need to make yes. a change. So I think what I'm hearing from That's you, good. because I think when we both experienced it, we both were like, man, something's got to change. You know, I don't yeah. think we need to live in a prison of anxiety or feeling like I'm chained to this desk, even though it's such a great opportunity and a lot of people will look at us right. and say well you're successful you're on the right path you're doing great things this is great the money that you're making you're going to help to bless other people you can give right. more you can give to your family and that's great but then there's something that's dying on the inside of us when we show up to work every day giving our best foot forward to these jobs or to these to these uh tasks that don't do anything to fill us on the inside and i think what we experience yeah. is some form of anxiety and i guess what I'm hearing and what I think is something that I want to bring out more in She Ventures and also the workshop material about starting your business is you're going to experience a, a wave of anxiety that yeah. you got to know comes with the territory because if yeah. you don't, you'll just feel crazy. And I think we both felt a little crazy last year making these changes because yeah. we're like, man, we're just kind of going off some serious like childlike faith like, I just know how I needed to change. It just, I yeah. had to go. No, I had to go. <laughs> I had to get out. You know, <laughs> we really did. And so it's, it's beautiful to hear though, the, the ways in which you, um, clarified for yourself, like the opera, cause that, that comes with it too. I think what's cool about, um, being a millennial and learning to provide for yourself beyond just getting a job yeah. is you start to recognize, well, what, what, what space and time do I live in? Like, where is the wind right. blowing and how can I go with the wind? Because I think there's some, there's something to be said in maturing to realize like, what are the opportunities out there that you've kind of missed in college or that there'll never be a job description for, right? right. Like there'll never be a job description for uncaged. <laughs> You just made it. Right. You just created it. You just believed in yourself and was like, I'm going to create this stuff. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. No, it's true. Yeah. Did you want to say I something? Agree. Yeah. That's a big thing. I think just having to be very open-minded uh, with any entrepreneur in general, but yeah, being very open-minded to things can be created as technology is moving, as, you know, the way to connect with people is moving. Be open-minded and, in and you know, pretty accordingly, I feel like too many times, sadly, even unbelievers can do that better than we do. Just be open-minded and go see what's out there. Um, and I think that's such a good trait that um, I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we sometimes think, you know, pray and wait for um, the, the, the clear um, picture of something you think you've already seen that's going to be presented to you again Yeah. instead of. A lot of times it's something unknown, something yeah. not yet created. And yeah, you just have to, like you kind of said, go, go with what you're sensing. I mean, putting wisdom with the, 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 the amazing, what do you call it? Just probability of possibilities. There's just so much that can happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So Robin, we're going to take a really hard shift and we're going to talk about yeah. singleness and womanhood because um, it's part of the brand that I've started, She Ventures Now. And the backstory of that is I'd started, you know, artofsingleness.com, which was a blog that was going to help women, single women live happily right. before marriage. And the blog got shut down it <laughs> because mainly because of two things. One was uh, it got hacked with malware, but then two, it just seemed like the right thing to do to encompass things that I was putting in that blog under a broader yeah. scope 
concept now known as she ventures so there's gonna be a category i know you were you were like beyond you were you had the eyesight you had the vision and i didn't i didn't get it but i I get it now and so one of the categories in the blog and some of the material that i'm creating is, is is centers around singleness um one of the courses i'm creating is called the secure single woman who knows if i'm going to create keep that name but you know all of say it again i said but that concept yeah. that whole concept right and that you've created content around confidence already you mentor single a lot of single millennials we both have mentored single yeah. millennials we both are very familiar because we lived through it i think we both kind of crossed the threshold of being early you know i think you got married at 29 so you've been single for a while i'm still you know i'm in a relationship but i'm you know still quasi single so i really feel like you have much to bring to the topic of single womanhood and so my question for you is what is one thing that you think takes it takes to be a secure and healthy woman while single Ooh, yeah (laughs) that can be so many things yeah Um, the question is purposeful because there's so many things but I mean, obviously, there go are, ahead and stand are. on your soapbox and say, what is the one thing? Yeah, no, I agree. I do think, yeah, there is one key thing that, that, that just immediately comes to mind that I know helps me is trying to figure out how to frame this in the simplest way. Um, really owning that you have... I don't want to just use purpose. That can seem like, what does that mean? Really owning that you have just in yourself a lot of, um, a lot to offer the world. There is something uniquely in you that was given to you to present to the world, to flesh out, to learn, to, to, to develop, to sharpen, to really serve up to the world. Um, something very valuable and something that not only is going to give the world a lot of value, but it's also going to give you a lot of joy, a lot of, of, of feeling like I have a reason to wake up. I know my That's why good. for yeah. you know, waking up today and getting in touch with that. Yeah. I have learned it's so essential to be, to being a secure single woman. Um, I know for me, that was key in helping me when I was, when I just finally just transitioned out of, you know, mode of looking for marriage, probably yeah. like 2007, of, of getting into a, wait, there is so much yeah. that I see I have to offer. And it really changed the whole game for me where I didn't feel like I was, you know, yeah. moaning around. And a lot of times there's seasons. You might have that good run for three years and maybe you you, you have a season of, oh, but Lord, I still want to get married. So not to think that if you're a secure single woman, you're not right. going to have a desire for marriage. And, and That's not what I'm saying. No, and I, I think your heart is... Yeah, to put that out there to the audience, like, yeah. don't think if you still have desires, well, I still want to get married, that, that yeah. means I'm a secure single woman. For sure. But definitely uh, identifying and digging into um, those passions, those things that light you up, those things that excite you, those things mm-hmm. that, you know, you have a lot of joy when you, you give that to the world and you receive a lot of joy. Um you know, a lot other people receive a lot of joy too when you function in, in, in that role, when you shine in that way. Realizing those things and finding out those things about you is essential because yeah. um, a lot of times we can say, well, I don't have that. You do, but you really have to find that. You have to dig deep, really spend some time with yourself and find out what that is. There are things that excite you. There are dreams. No matter how deep they may have been buried, there are things that you imagine frequently that aren't just... Um, Miss, you know, just haphazard. There aren't just coincidence, right? Recurring things on your heart, and so yeah, diving into that definitely was a big key for me. And I've seen it multiple times that have helped other women too that I've mentored or coached, help them really shift that perspective and come into this whole new identity and womanhood and content. Um, because you know they feel like I have something to offer that right. I don't have to wait on marriage for. Right. And yeah, I've learned that even after getting married, that thing is still very essential even to um a, a happy marriage because if even if you got married and you don't find that you know i've heard even just other women just still feeling so so kind of lost still kind of you yeah. know searching because you realize your husband can't make you happy 24 7 so that's key yeah i love it i love it and i i really want <clears throat> to put a, a little parentheses around what we were just talking about it's it's 
you know, talking about security and singleness, I think sometimes people get the wrong opinion of thinking like, well, am I insecure because I want to be married? And it's like, no. And I think for me, I've navigated a lot of my 20s with this one concept of while I'm single, I'm going to maximize it. I'm going to take chances. I'm going to try and do things that I could not do while being either married or with kids. And even with that concept, I think I've still experienced low moments where I needed to be reminded that it's okay for me to want marriage and it's okay for me to struggle with being single and being human in that. Right. And it's okay for me to feel the desire, feel the void of not having a significant other or a companion. And I think the, the, the point of, uh, of even hearing you say what you said is, is that there's still work to be done while you're single. There's still purpose in singleness that can be completely overshadowed because you're totally looking at the void. Yeah. I think a lot of our confidence comes when we know who we are and we know who God is, not just from studying theology or going to church, but we know God in us. We know him in us. We know his unique fingerprint in our hearts. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's something you tease out in a lot of the content you produce. And I love women who finish. Yes. Yes, yes. The thread is probably there. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that in the content you created. I love that um, we share very similar hearts in in encouraging women in that that those low but also high moments of singleness. So Yeah. So this is our final final time because I know that we're coming upon uh minute thirty five. I think we're going oh fifty one. Look at that. Um, rapid fire questions, and then we're going okay. to segue out. So I really want very, very, very brief answers to these questions. Really want to tap into your heart about business and entrepreneurship okay. again. First question is branding versus business. Which one matters more? <laughs> um, that's like sides versus meat and potatoes. <laughs> versus the meal. Business is the meal. What are you serving people? What? What do you bring to solve their problem? Branding is how you're going to present that pretty. Ooh, I like it. Do you think sometimes people focus more on one and the, not the other to their detriment? Oh, all the salty. Oh, yes, <laughs> was me focusing on branding instead of the business. Okay. <laughs> on the whole structure of the house. Yeah, we talked about that, the whole structure of a house versus painting it. Business is that whole structure. What are people going to live in in your business? <laughs> What's going to hold up the walls so it doesn't collapse on them? Yeah, and I did that, and many people do that, where we focus too much on if the yard has flowers, and people show up, don't have anywhere to go in your Okay, I love it. Number two, if there was a manual for business startup or entrepreneurship, right? Because a lot of times, we don't know what we don't know until afterwards. Yeah. You know, best practices are built on poor practices. So, yeah. if there was a manual, what do you wish it would say about entrepreneurship? Mm, so many things. We touched on some starting lean as possible. That gives you more time to make the mistakes you're going to make anyway. Um, So start lean. (laughs) Um, Also, you're going to make mistakes. So get fall fail faster. The faster you fail, the faster you get to succeeding in different areas. Um, And also, the biggest one for me right now that's really driving me and helping me stay sane is that done is better than perfect. Get done what you're doing and stop trying to focus on perfecting it, whether it's branding, whether it's the details you feel you don't know with finance. Just get it done. Get it done. It gives you more to work with and build on later. But when you just, you know, you're analyzing, you get nowhere. That's good. That's good. I love it. What has been the cost of startup for you? And I'm not talking about costs as in finances, because we all know that there's costs in in starting a business. What I want you to talk about is personal cost. Mm -hmm. What has it been? Mm -hmm. There is, yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> Look, entrepreneurship is no joke. Listen, <laughs> um, there have been def- many costs. I think the biggest one, time, you have to go all in with any entrepreneurial endeavor. This is not a test and see, you know, like you really just have to go all in. And so for me, just having the realization that if I'm going to add this to my life, I'm going to have to subtract other things from my life. And I'm not being crazy, selfish, or ungodly if I tell, you know, if I withdraw from even ministries in my church to focus on something I I believe I need to do it well. Yeah. So that's been some of the costs. I've had to withdraw from many other things. Right now, the only real focus is um, my business and my marriage and 
Um, you know, I try to at least stay in community. So one night a week, you know, making sure I'm fellowshipping with the saints and then Sundays. But really outside of that, there's not a lot of time just hanging out with friends and eating out and all that, just trying to preserve finances and time yeah. to get this thing up well. It's, it's, so it's, yeah, it's big so cost. Very big. Um, number four, what's the best piece of advice you've heard or seen on customer service, especially in business startup? <sighs> one know who you are called to serve because then Mm. it really helps you focus on serving them well and also recognizing that if it's anybody outside of that you're probably not going to serve them well and it's okay to tell them that it's okay to be upfront and say hey my brand is mainly focused on serving this audience and that's probably why you may not see this or for you you know, you that's may not find good. this. That's really and good. That is okay. That is how it should be. You can't really serve everyone well. So the more you can niche down to who am I really here to serve? Who will really appreciate from my story and what I bring to the table? The, the, the better your customer service will be to them and to also make some clear lines for other people to know your yeah. customer service probably won't meet their needs as well. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, it's so cool. I, I wasn't expecting that answer. It's actually a really beautiful answer. It's like some, sometimes the best customer service is turning people away because they're not your customer. It's like reserving your time and energy only for those who you are called to serve. I love that. I, I would tag on, I think one of the things I'm realizing is customers need to be educated. Like you got to put in the time to educate (laughs) them because they don't even know what they need. Like they, so so it's, it's almost like they might be coming for for, for service A when really they need something completely different. It's not, to, this is not to necessarily say reject them, but it's, they're coming for A and they really need D, you know? And so right. education is part why. of it. Right. So I agree. Last question. Who is yeah. Robin Ann Young's business mentor virtually or physically? It doesn't matter, but who would you say is someone right. you draw most of your inspiration, your zest, emulate even, you know, right, right, right. Um, uh, I know we always talk about this. I, I think it's a mix between two people right now. There's so many oh, with online, just seeing how people kind of live their life. But I'll focus on two. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather Lindsay, I definitely don't know her. So this yes. is definitely a virtual. These yeah. people I mentioned are like virtual mentors, where I just watching how they have lived their life, created their business, and I'm really carved out a certain lifestyle for themselves. So with Heather Lindsay, loving how you know she's just gone in full time with. Um, focusing on ministering to women and creating the books, the conferences, the weekly, you know, just creating um, the freedom to do that in her life by getting savvy financially Two with how to monetize her lifestyle. You know, she monetizes just how she lives and, you know, yeah. speak and this is a clothes her baby wears. And, you know, she knows how to just be shrewd to free herself up to be ready to minister wherever. Love that. That's something I aspire to. And then also a balance with promise Tangeman. Many people may not have heard of her, but she um, is a branding coach. I feel yeah, like teacher. Yeah, genius. She's she a designer. A She's a, a website designer as well. Right. Right. Website designer, all that. And so that side of me, I love kind of seeing how she's created her own business um, from creating some branding solutions there. And also uh, a, a lifestyle that makes it, you know, exciting and, and, and different. You know, she's not just a, a designer, but she really has this thing of even taking all the designers on, you know, retreats, getaways and refreshing themselves or um, this entire workshop that happens in her home where she just takes a few people and help them knock out their websites from start to finish. Those are like, just love creative solutions by using your home, using your lifestyle, using your, your, your audience to build deep relationships with them and really help them solve problems. So I love how she's approached her branding niche. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving yourself, um, in this time. I know we took up a little bit, a longer time than expected, but I feel like a lot of people would be refreshed and encouraged from hearing your story. And I know that we've talked about it. This is like nothing for us. Like this is like breakfast, lunch, dinner for us. Um, but I know it's taken me a while to actually capture it into a conversation because there's been so many times where we're talking on the phone 
in our cars and we're like, we should have totally recorded this. And finally, 2017, we got it recorded. So thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And if anybody is interested in finding out more details about your online brand, the products and services that you offer, where can they go? How can they log on? Where can we find you, Robin? Right. Yeah, everything can be found at robinann.com. So that's that's R-O-B-Y-N-A-N-N.com. I mean, I'm on all social media networks. You can find the links on my website. And I have all my books listed there also, Women Who Finish and Confidence Courses and anything to really help you dominate in your purpose, passion, or purity. Perfect. Thanks so much. This ends our recording. Thank you. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.